good morning, everybody. I hope you're ready. Let's jump into God's Word. Uh, I want you to turn in your Bibles to 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 7. And uh, before we get to that, though, uh, I just want to share with everybody here some really good news. How many of you are ready for some good news? You like good news? Here we go. Good news. The end of the world is coming soon. Yeah, it's good news, right? Have you not been watching movies recently? I mean, aliens are conquering, right? And comets are crashing, and zombies are rising, and the earth is just giving up. And everything is coming to a catastrophic end. And uh, if you watch movies, only the heroic will survive, right? You know? It's, uh, it's kind of funny, um, that's kind of what we learn when we look at art or check out the movies. And the funny thing is, is that movies have been telling us that the end of the world is coming soon for a very, very long time. Did you know that the very first apocalyptic movie was made in 1916? For reals. Uh, it, was a, uh, it was a show... That was called Verdens Undergang. Really, that's Danish for the end of the world. And, and this was made in 1916. Uh, it was a science fiction movie. Uh, and this film depicts a worldwide c- catastrophe where a meteor strikes the earth. And, you know, social unrest happens after the meteor strikes. Does that sound familiar to you? Have you ever seen that show repeated in some way, shape, or another? Um, But since 1916, we have been watching movies that talk about the end of it all, right? How many of you ever seen an apocalyptic movie? Let me see your hands. You've seen one of them. Okay, good, good. Uh, So what I thought I might do, uh, because I love shows, I thought I might compile a list of some of the most famous apocalyptic movies and see if you guys could guess which ones they are just by letting you have a small description. Anybody ready? All right, I want your participation. You can just blurt it out. Here's the first one. All right. Earth is suddenly and unexpectedly invaded by aliens. This movie came out in 1953. What is it? War of the Worlds. You guys are great. It actually is War of the Worlds. Very good. One for one. Here we go. All right. Alien plant spores fall from space, growing into pods, producing identical copies of people. Yeah, close. Get the title just right. Invasion of the Body Snatchers. Anybody ever see that show? Frightening as a kid. My parents should not have let me watch that. All right. See if you know this one. Air Force General orders the first strike of total nuclear war, 1964. The year of the Cuban Missile Crisis, by the way. Anybody know this show? Very, very famous movie. No guesses at all? Red Scare, good guess. It's actually Dr. Strangelove or How I Learned to Stop Worrying and Love the Bomb. Nobody's seen that one. All right, here we go. Here's another one I'm sure you've seen. In the future, apes, that's right, apes, have out-evolved humans. What's that one? Yes, 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 Planet of the Apes. Yeah, Charlton Heston right there. All right, very good. Okay, I know you've seen this one if you grew up in church at all. Patty misses the rapture. Scariest movie on date. Anybody ever seen this show? What's it called? Anybody know the name of it? 
Yes, they sing that song, I Wish We'd All Been Ready. It was called Thief in the Night. Yeah, you probably probably saw that show. Okay, I did too. All right, very good. Here's this one. Robots with artificial intelligence take over humanity. Now we're in the 80s. Some of you lived during this time. What was this show? Yeah, 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 The Terminator. Yeah, y'all saw that, that guy. All right, here we go. In 18 days, an asteroid the size of Texas will destroy the Earth. Big summer blockbuster. What was it, Sam? Armageddon, that is right. It was Armageddon. All right, here's another one. A highly contagious rage-inducing virus causes a pandemic and leads to the breakdown of society. That's not COVID-19. Simmer down. (laughs) Anybody know what that one was called? Close. That was one another movie around the same time. That was 28 days later. Yeah, another scary movie. Okay. Prophecies warned of a biblical apocalyptic forces being unleashed on our world. This movie was released in 20 or 2009. Does anybody remember the name of this movie? What's that? No, it was actually a date, a year. Anybody? 2012. Yeah, I remember 2012 was going to be a big apocalyptic thing. And we lived through it. Thank you, Lord. All right. Here we go. A solitary robot lives on an uninhabitable, deserted earth in 2805. What's the name of that movie? Wally. Thank you. Yes. Very good. All right. In the future, young people fight to the death in gladiator style combat. 2012. The Hunger Games. Yeah, yeah, the Hunger Games. Y'all remember that one? All right. And then maybe one more comedy about a meteor destroying the earth. Again. Anybody? Just came out last year. Yeah, that was don't that was don't look up. Yeah. So so here's the deal, right? If art is a reflection of real life, I would say that a lot of people are thinking about the end of the world, right? A lot of people are talking about it. A lot of people are are thinking about it. And it's been that way for quite a while. If you think, man, I wonder what is going to happen to all of this in the future. Well, you're not alone. That's a very human thought to have. And you might have had this thought a whole lot more recently as you go through your daily life and you uh, get the notifications, the news notifications on your phone, you know, that notify you often that we have a health crisis, that we have a financial crisis, we have a moral crisis, we have a race crisis, we have a military crisis. These people over there have done this, and those people over there have done that, and everything is in a huge mess. And with all this brokenness, and with every day being like a new emergency, it's not too difficult for you and me to draw the conclusion that The end of the world is coming. It's coming. Uh, And even those experts that are really good at interpreting the prophets, they, they tell us that the events that we are watching right now are unfolding in such a way to let us all know that the end is near. And then there's the ways that you and I personally experience it. Like me and you. We're not experts, but... In our own life, we struggle with sickness and with disease and there's the mental health issues and 
strained and broken relationships that we have with others. And in our own lives, we seem to sometimes deal with the struggles of, of sin and, and temptation. And for a lot of us, it feels like these struggles, these, these difficulties, that they're escalating. Nod your head if you think things are just kind of escalating these days. Just we, we feel it, you know. It might feel like the world is breaking apart on the outside and then crumbling in on itself in the inside. Well, I came here this morning to confirm to you one simple fact. That the end of the world is coming. It's coming. Amen. So go with me in the scripture to 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 7. Just one verse for, to begin with. And I want you guys to read this first sentence out loud with me. Because I think it's, it's really simply put. Here we go. Ready? Together. The end of the world is coming soon. Direct from the scripture, the end of the world is coming soon. But can I tell you, people of God, that this is not bad news. It's not bad news. In fact, this is the best news that you and me who follow Jesus could possibly hear, that the end of the world is coming soon. Why is it the best news? Because Jesus, our cornerstone, right? Jesus, our Savior. Jesus, our healer. Jesus, the one who baptizes us in his spirit, is also a soon-coming king. And when the end of the world happens, everybody's going to know it and see it, and Jesus is going to be revealed to all as the king of kings, the one who's in charge of it all. Do y'all believe that? Yeah. Now, <laughs> I want this morning just to take a few minutes to talk about our beloved Jesus, our cornerstone, and talk a little bit from the Scripture, uh, look at some of the, the things in Scripture that reveal him as the soon-coming king. So I want you to take out your Bibles, have your notes. We're going to fly through some Scriptures today, and we're going to begin in Acts chapter 1, Acts chapter 1, beginning in verse 6. Before we jump into this Scripture... Y'all remember the first time that Jesus came to earth, right? Baby born in a manger, we call that Christmas, right? He lived a sinless life, he suffered, he died, they put him in the grave, hallelujah, he rose again. And then after the resurrection, he stayed on the earth for a little bit of time, and that's where we're going to pick up the scripture in Acts chapter 1, verse 6. When the apostles were with Jesus, they kept asking him, Lord... Has the time come for you to free Israel and restore our kingdom? He replied, the Father alone has the authority to set those dates in time. Keep that in your mind, that's important. And they are not for you to know. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere, in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. After saying this, y'all watch this, he was taken up into a cloud while they were watching, and they could no longer see him. Imagine Jesus is standing there in a body, 
and he rises up, keeps going, keeps going into the clouds while all the disciples are standing around watching him. As they strain to see him rising into heaven, two white-robed men suddenly stood among them. These are angels, right? Messengers from God. Men of Galilee, they said, why are you standing here staring into heaven? Jesus has been taken from you into heaven, but someday, look at this, he will what? Return from heaven in the same way you saw him go. The angels confirmed it like this. Jesus has left this earth. But the exact same way that he left, whoop, one day he's going to return in the same way, back down to earth, right? That's his second coming. And I want you to write this down in your notes. We learned this from scripture. The second coming, the second coming of Jesus is personal and imminent. Personal and imminent. That means that Jesus is physically coming back in a body back to this earth. Jesus is. The person of Jesus. Personally coming back here to this earth. And imminent because it basically means it's about to happen. It could come anytime. Imminent means something is about to happen. So Jesus' second coming is personal and it's imminent. I've got some wonderful scripture to share with you today exploring Jesus' personal and imminent coming. Let's look at 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Just as everyone dies before we all, because we all belong to Adam, everyone who belongs to Christ will be given a new life. But there is an order to this resurrection. Christ was raised as the first of the harvest. Then all who belong to Christ will be raised when he comes back. When the Lord comes back, something special is going to happen to us. After that, the end will come when he will turn the kingdom over to God the Father, having destroyed every ruler and authority and power. This scripture lets us know that when Jesus comes back personally, we are going to experience something radical in us, and he's going to establish a forever kingdom. For Christ must reign until he humbles all his enemies beneath his feet. If you skip down in 1 Corinthians chapter 15 to verse 51, it says this, But let me reveal to you a wonderful secret. We will not all die, but we will all be transformed. It will happen in a moment, in the blink of an eye, when the last trumpet is blown. For when the trumpet sounds, those who have died will be raised to live forever, and we who are living will also be transformed. Now pick up in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. The Lord himself will come down from heaven with a commanding shout, with the voice of the archangel and with the trumpet call of God. First, all the believers who have died will rise from their graves. Then, together with them, we who are still alive and remain on the earth will be caught up, grabbed in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. I love this next line. Then we will be with the Lord forever, forever. So what you see here in 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 just explains it like this. Jesus, at his second coming, he is going to 
come back to this place. And he's going to emerge from the heavens in glorious, brilliant clouds. And you're going to hear the voice of the archangel and a massive, mighty trumpet blast. And at this moment, which, by the way, no one knows beforehand, all of those who have died in faith in Christ are going to be resurrected, instantly transformed from corpses and bones and ashes, brought together into new resurrected bodies. So write this down in your notes. Those in relationship with Jesus will be transformed. We're going to be resurrected. We're going to be changed. And that's going to happen faster, the Bible says, than you can even blink your eye. The redeemed will be transformed, resurrected, remade into now eternal bodies. That's pretty cool. And then what the scripture says also is this. Write this down in your notes. We will all be together forever with Jesus. This is what Jesus, the soon coming king, means, is that when we die, our bodies are not going to stay dead, but we're going to once again live in physical bodies, resurrected, transformed, to be like Jesus, and we're going to be together with him forever. Do y'all believe that this morning? Amen. But can I tell you, that's not all the story. Because if, if, if someone is trying to sell you a version of eternity that is just, you know, if we, just getting you to go to heaven when you die so that you don't miss hell, you're missing out on some of the best part about Jesus being a soon coming king. Because there is more to the kingdom of our God and of his Christ than just floating around on a cloud somewhere in heaven. It's not like a Tom and Jerry cartoon, you guys, where when we die, we float up as a ghost and play the harp. There's more to the story. I hope you've, hope you've read that. Because when Jesus comes back to earth the second time, he's coming as a king. He's coming as the one in charge. And when he comes back as the king of kings, he's going to be setting right everything on this whole place that's wrong. Jesus is coming to fix this old world once and for all. Look, at, look with me to the end of the Bible. Revelation chapter 21, then I saw a new heaven and a new earth for the old heaven and the old earth had disappeared and the sea was also gone. And I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem coming down from God out of heaven like a bride beautifully dressed for her husband. I heard a loud shout from the throne saying, look, God's home is now among his people. This is what it's going to be like when Jesus comes back the second time. His home is now among us, his people. He will live with them, and they will be his people. God himself will be with them. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and there will be no more death or sorrow or crying or pain. All these things are gone forever. That's what happens at the coming of Jesus. And then the one sitting on the throne said, look, I am making everything new. Jesus is coming to set right all that sin and evil has destroyed in our world. When he comes back the second time, he's going to make it all new. And then he said to me, write this down, 
for what I tell you is trustworthy and true. He also said, it is finished. I'm the alpha and the omega, the beginning and the end. To all who are thirsty, I will give freely from the springs of the water of life. All who are victorious will inherit all these blessings, and I will be their God, and they will be my children. But cowards, unbelievers, the corrupt, murderers, the immoral, those who practice witchcraft, idol worshipers, and all liars, their fate is in the fiery lake of burning sulfur. This is the second death. This is a very awesome expression of what happens after we're resurrected. And I want you to just kind of get this picture with me. Think of it this way. The loving community that we know as as God, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, they created this whole universe. And they made man to live in close communion, community, if you will, with them. And when man and woman sinned, that sweet fellowship that that was with God there in the garden, it, it was busted, it was broken. All that God had made was cursed with that sin. And so mankind and the universe that God created is all is all wrecked now. It's all doomed to live under that destruction of a curse that happened when sin came in. But God loved us so, so very much. He loved this broken world, this broken, cursed creation now that he had made, that he sent Jesus, his son, to redeem it, to rescue it, and to rescue all of us. You know this story. We've already talked about it as Jesus the Savior. But at the cross, Jesus paid the price for our sins, and when he rose from the grave, he forever defeated all the evil. He forever defeated all the power of sin and death. And on that day when Jesus rose from the grave, his kingdom began. And today, you and me, we're living in his kingdom. We're a part of God's kingdom. But listen, on the day of his second coming, when Jesus comes back, the kingdom of our God will finally take hold in the ultimate way. Like, for real, God will be ruling this place personally, you, me, everything on this planet. God's kingdom will be firmly and physically established. He will take control and renew this old earth and everything in it. The earth, the heavens we read will be renewed. And the great thing is, you guys, is that you and I, we're going to get to live forever in resurrected bodies with God himself. Can you see how it's a, it's a making right everything that sin destroyed? The soon coming king is going to set right all that was broke and we'll be united together forever in sweet communion with Jesus, our king. So I hope that you can see when we talk about Jesus being our soon coming king, that we see through the eyes of faith a day when the Jesus that we know and that we love and that we sing to and that we worship and when we serve, we see a day where we're going to be with him together. It's beautiful. We're expecting that. 
We're looking forward to that. Can I, can I just drop this on you? Write this down in your notes. Jesus is the boss of the whole world. And get this, you know him. The soon coming king who's going to rule over this and renew the whole earth and all that, you know him. You have a special relationship with him. I think that's beautiful. And you know, um, to be sure, we don't know all the details around what's going to happen. We can't explain all the details about how the second coming of Jesus is going to play out. I do know this. It's a really interesting field of study. Amen. And the scripture says of the book of Revelations that if you read this book, you'll be blessed. So if you're interested in studying it, God blesses that. But, but listen, we're, we're not going to know all the times and the details and, and the places. You know, we're not going to get it all. But I want to tell you this, people of God. Thinking about Jesus returning as your king, it shouldn't make you afraid. Rather, it should be something that you're excited for and looking forward to. Um, When you're a follower of Jesus, when you're a student of his way, and you're you're following Jesus, you don't have to be afraid that you're going to be left behind or that you might accidentally miss his return. Because he's returning for you. You're following Jesus, you, you love Jesus and you're his disciple, he's coming for you. Don't worry, you're not going to miss it. You should, have, you should have hope and looking forward and excitement that he's coming to set it all right and you're going to get to be with him. So in the final moments that we have together this morning, I, I, I would like to just share one more setting of scripture that I think you can hang on to. Because it helps us begin to apply this truth that Jesus is coming again as King of Kings. And if you'll go with me in the scripture to Mark chapter 13, Mark chapter 13, let's look at this parable of Jesus explaining in verse 34. It says, The coming of the Son of Man can be illustrated by the story of a man going on a long trip. When he left home, He gave each of his slaves instructions about the work they were to do. And he told the gatekeeper to watch for his return. I'm going to just pause as we read this. You're already getting the picture, right? Jesus is talking about himself. He's the one that leaves. And we are his servants. And he's given to us instructions about the work we're supposed to be doing. And to be watching for his return. Right? This is, what the, this is what the parable means, verse 35. You too must keep watch, for you don't know when the master of the household will return. In the evening, at midnight, before dawn, or at daybreak. Verse 36, check this out. Don't let him find you, what? Sleeping. Sleeping. Don't let him find you sleeping when he arrives without warning. Scripture says, I say to you what I say to everyone. Watch for him. Watch for him. Watch for Jesus. 
Watch for the return of our soon coming king. Be alert. Don't be asleep. Please write this down uh, in, in your notes. Jesus is coming back. And those of us who follow him, we must be watching for him. Those of us that follow him must be watching for him. When I think about the truth that Jesus is coming back, he's going to physically, personally come back, and his return is imminent, like it, it could happen at any time. What, what stirs up inside of me is this, is this feeling of, I need to be working for him. I need, I need to be getting to know him better, right? He and I are going to spend forever together, the scripture says. I want to start getting to know him better right now. I need to be looking for his return, expecting his return. For me, sleeping would be going on about my daily lives like Jesus doesn't even matter. That would be sleeping. Sleeping for me would be going on like the future kingdom of the one that I serve uh, doesn't really matter, doesn't have much weight, or that it's never going to come. I don't want to be asleep. I want to be awake. I want to be eyes to the sky, so to speak, watching for the soon return of our King. I wonder if you just bow your heads with me right now. We're going to take a few moments to just respond to what we've talked about today. We're going to take just a few minutes to uh, listen to the Holy Spirit and let Him speak to our hearts. With your heads bowed just for a moment, just take a deep breath, would you? Packing your notes away, maybe just kind of relaxing in the presence of God. Would you just do that for a moment? Take a deep breath. Jesus, we pray to you, our soon coming King. And Lord, we look at you that way. Eyes focusing, Lord, today on the truth that you will return. We don't know when it's coming, but it's coming. You're going to come back and you're going to right this old world. You're going to transform us. And, and in the end, Lord... We're going to be together forever with you. And Lord, I just want that truth to just sink deep into my heart. Sink deep into my thinking and into my actions. And so Lord, in these next few minutes, I just ask that we would be honest with you, honest with ourselves, and listen as your spirit might challenge us to action. And I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Can I ask you to do this with me? In these next few moments, uh, I'm going to put up on the screen some questions. And I would like for you to take this time as a few moments to just respond to God's word in whatever way you feel like he's leading you to. So perhaps you might... Uh, Listen, read through these questions, think through them. Maybe pray in response to them. Maybe you need to get up from where you are and uh, come and find someone to pray with uh, at the front or the sides of the room during this next time of response. Maybe you just need to do business with God.
Maybe you might be here this morning and like, you're not following Jesus. He's coming back as a king and this brings to you the realization that he's not my king. I don't serve him. I, I, I haven't asked him to come into my life as my savior. Maybe your response to knowing that Jesus is coming soon is to come and ask Jesus to forgive your sins and receive Christ into your life. So we're gonna just quiet the room. You can jot things down on your notes. You can write them in your journal. You can just close your eyes and pray. And I just encourage you to work through these response questions. And then in just a few moments, the band's gonna lead us in some more worship. And after you've taken some time to respond, whether that's kneeling and praying or praying there at your seat, then I just invite you to stand up and just let's worship Jesus, our cornerstone as our soon coming King. So for the next five minutes or so, just give yourself some time and let's try to respond to what the Lord has told, told us this morning.